With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. They go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. We're back on track on the fourth floor in Morris 94. And the Knicks are hardcore. And I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look sharp. With Hubert. You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hi everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Chip Murphy here with myself, Matt Castillo, and we are going to jump right into the action for today. Um, now, we, we've seen the last couple of games, Jeff Hornacek going a little bit deeper to into his bench, especially at the forward position. Uh, we're seeing Joaquin Noah actually start to get some playing time. And it's not much. It's not major you know, the minutes that he has gotten. But perhaps it's an opportunity to show what he still can do. I, you're, you're paying him a lot of money, so you might as well take a look at it. But then at the other side of it, it it's he's, he's, in my opinion, a liability on offense. Still can't make a layup. Absolutely can't shoot. Um, so we're going to talk about the decision behind playing Noah in this segment and if the Knicks should continue to do that. So Chip, I'm going to start off with you and your thoughts on Joakim Noah getting some minutes. Is this something that you know maybe perhaps is planned by Hornacek at this point of year? You know, suspended earlier in this year. You know he's not going to come right out of suspension and, and touch the court. So is this something that's possibly a little bit planned? to go ahead and start giving him minutes around this time? Or is it Hornacek just trying to, you know, find somebody to give a little bit of spark? Because the Knicks, they have been struggling as of late. Um, and do you think that the Knicks should continue to go to Noah? Well, he played the entire fourth quarter in the win against the Pelicans. And that was definitely uh, something that was planned because Jeff Winnicek knew it might be possible, knew it might be probable that he has to play because against Cousins and Davis, that's a terrible matchup for uh, an S. Cantor because he can't go out to the perimeter and guard Cousins or Davis. He just, it's not that he can't, well, he can't, but he doesn't. He just, when there's a perimeter-oriented big man out there, an S. Cantor is useless. He just, I, on defense, he just doesn't even go out to the perimeter. So that's why Joe know who's been inactive quite a bit since he came back, that's why he was active in this game. And Jeff Hornacek put him in in the fourth quarter, and he energized the team, and he didn't, I mean, he didn't exactly lock up DeMarcus Cousins or anything, but played better defense than an F. Cancer would have. And more so than anything, uh, I mean, he committed four fouls in 12 minutes, which was pretty funny to watch, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but that's pretty much why he was in there. He was in there to 
smack DeMarcus Cousins around and make things difficult on him. And uh, yet he has, as far as whether or not they should keep playing him, he has some value. It's just that there's not a lot of teams again that are built like the New Orleans Pelicans that are built around mm-hmm. two big men. You know, the next game against the Spurs, he played two minutes. Yeah. Um, and that was a game that they were out of it at the end of the game. And he still only played two minutes. Uh, Jeff Hornacek decided to give Billy Hernan Gomez a shot uh, when the Knicks were struggling instead of uh, um, Noah this time around. And Hernan Gomez, I think, uh, played a significant amount of minutes. Or, Uh, Actually, no, he only played four minutes. I thought he played longer. It felt like he played longer because he hasn't played so much this year. But Cantor Cantor played fewer. Cantor played only 17 minutes against the Spurs. So uh, even when Cantor was uh, struggling against San Antonio on defense, too, uh, it was hard for Noah to get minutes because he's just not a consistent player. And... He he has value. I think that the Hornacek should not completely discredit him as an option in terms of playing him, but he should in no means be a consistent part of the rotation because that would mean doing something like taking Kylo Quinn out, and Kylo Quinn has been a very consistent uh, contributor, and that would be so that would be unwise. So you feel like. It really the only reason why we swore no in the fourth quarter was because a, a matchup. It's not necessarily Hornacek saying, "Okay, it's now time to start seeing what you can do." So you, you feel it's more of a matchup thing when 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 uh, they're going big and have a physical bruiser in the paint. That that's when we'll see Noah out there. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. A hundred. The only reason he was active against the Pelicans because of matchup. That's why he'll only be uh, playing against teams like that. The, that's the only time he'll see real minutes. Because, can't, like I said, Cantor does not match up well against players like that. So he has got, but it was in no means uh, a way to see what Joakim Noah can do. Jeff Hornacek watches him every day. He knows what Joakim Noah is. And that's a guy who is a fringe player now. I mean, he uh, he's a guy who can help in small spots, but yeah, we know Jeff Hornacek knows we know what he is pretty much. But, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I think with him being just, – just the matchup made a whole lot of sense to play him in that New Orleans game um, because, as you said, they are centralized around their big guy, Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins. That that's Everybody knows that. The ball is going to be fed to them. Um, at the same time, though, when you're paying the guy $72 million, sometimes you might be forced to kind of have to throw the guy out there a little bit, at least to, to try to save face of the contract that he was given. I think it's pretty obvious, though, and, and I, I should kind of rephrase what I just said. Oftentimes, you see coaches do that. You'll see the coaches force a guy into the rotation because of a contract. That's the better way to put it. Where I'm actually going with it is I feel that Hornacek coaches very differently. I don't think he gives a crap that Noah's making $72 million. He'll And if it looks like a bad move, 
number one, the guy that signed Noah to that contract is no even longer with the organization. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to try to force to make sure that that signing fits. You don't have to. And I, I believe Hornacek is the kind of coach that simply will put the guys in he feels will give him the best chance to win. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't always have to be a matchup thing. Sometimes Hornacek is just looking for somebody to give energy, and Noah can still provide that, even though it is pitiful watching him when we're on offense because it's he literally cannot score. Uh, I guarantee you I can leave him wide open under the basket by himself. He might miss one. It's just he's not an offensive threat. It's a little disappointing because you know we're not even getting those assist numbers that we thought we would get from him when he's out on the floor. Um, but I, I think as well as being just a, a matchup guy, I think Noah's role is when we need energy. Um, you know, I think he, he played only two minutes, as you mentioned, against the Spurs last night. And I did find that a little bit odd because not that, you know, we expect him to come in and have a huge impact on the game. But if you watch the way the Knicks came out against the Spurs last night, they look lethargic. They didn't, they didn't have a maybe not in the first quarter the first quarter they looked great uh, the first 12 minutes unfortunately in basketball there's four quarters and um you know second third and fourth the Knicks decided to take off and, and you know the Spurs did what the Spurs do and win um but because the energy level dropped I figured we would see Noah out there a little bit more to try to spark the team um but you know obviously Hornacek chose to go to him a little bit later. Uh, he did move some guys around, got you know even Billy Hearn Gomez into the game. So I, I also feel like because the Knicks are kind of in a, in a tight or in a, in a runt, I guess is a way to put it right now, um, you know, they're not playing the greatest basketball over the last few weeks. He's just trying to find a spark. So perhaps you know occasionally we can get some kind of production out of Noah, but it's not going to be forced. We're not going to just put him in there. Hornacek will not just put him in there because he feels he has to because of the contract that he makes. And I agree with you, Chip. I feel like matchup-wise, obviously the Pelicans are a team that we will see Noah a lot out there with. I think when we we face the Charlotte Hornets, when Dwight Howard's on the floor, that's another, you know, a team that Noah's minutes might go up. Because we we need his physicality on those bigger centers. There's a few other teams, maybe Phoenix even with Greg Monroe now and Tyson Chandler. So it, it is definitely a, a matchup thing. Sometimes we might have to just throw him out there to see if he can spark up the team, energize us, get us going, hype us up a little bit. But by no means I think this is a permanent thing where we'll gradually see Noah's minutes go up. I, I, it's just... He, Hornacek is not going to force it just because of the contract and we're going to try to make it look like it was a better deal because I think it's obvious it was a terrible deal. We're not going to get the production that we got, uh, Joakim Noah was able to produce a few years ago. So we are going to leave that discussion right here and take a little break. When we come back, we're, we're going to talk about the Knicks struggling as of late. And you know, we, we briefly talked about this on a show a few weeks ago You know about are the Knicks fools gold? Are they just playing well? Are they going to have that collapse? Now we're starting to see them struggle a little bit. So Chip and I are going to discuss uh, whether or not if this is the same story we have seen over the last few years. So we'll be back in just a moment. 
Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast and in this segment, as mentioned right before our break, we were going to talk about the, the Knicks struggling a little bit. We've seen this the last few years. The Knicks have gotten off to a surprisingly good start. There's some hype around them. You would believe that the Knicks could be uh, make some noise in the East. Don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody's ever thinks the Knicks are going to become NBA champions, even with some of these strong starts from them, but at least a, a competitive team all year. But what we have seen is right around Christmas time, the time that just came up recently, we see the uh, different Knicks team through the month of January all the way through the rest of the season. If you remember last year, we won back-to-back games in right before Christmas, on the 21st, 22nd, you know, consecutive days, I think it was. The Knicks didn't win back-to-back games again until the end of the season. It was months with this long streak of not being able to win multiple games um so we're going to kind of discuss are we seeing the same thing where the Knicks just off to a great start but now we're going to see them collapse they have a, a big road trip really really this next few weeks are several road games which we all know the Knicks haven't played well on the road so Chip I'm going to start with you was the Knicks hot start was that just some false hope and, and do you believe that the Knicks are we're going to see the real Knicks show up in the next few weeks, basically. Can we get out of this little slump that we're in, or is this the way it's going to go? I know last time we talked about it, you felt like this was a little bit different of a team, so you didn't think that was the case. Has your opinion changed from the last time we talked about this? This is a different team than the team that went 15-37 and 37 after their Christmas Day loss to the Celtics last season. A very different team. Um, yes, they lost to the Sixers uh, at home, and they should have won that game. And they've lost three or four since then. But the Pelicans win. We just talked about the Pelicans game with Noah. That was a huge win, especially because it was on the road, and they struggled on the road so much. Um, and like I said, this is a completely different team. And I think that the only thing that really bothers me is Porzingis' health. Okay. Um, in the lap, because he's clearly hurt and playing hurt, and the numbers back it up, and the way he looks backs it up. I mean, in his last seven games, he's shooting 35.8%, 25% from three. And he's scoring 19.4 points per game on 19.6 shots per game. He's just not playing well. And that's including uh, the Celtics game on the 21st when he went 0 for 11 and had one bat, one point. I mean, he's had some rough games. Uh, he played great in that Pelicans game, but he played terrible against the Spurs. Um at home to five of 19, 13 points. He's trying to force it to, and he's averaging 
four threes a night. He's taken a lot more threes than he had been taken during his hot start. Um, you can tell he's playing hurt. So this whole Christmas jinx that a lot of fans are talking about, that doesn't really bother me because, I, like I said, it's a different team. What bothers me is Porzingis. Um, the, you know, teams have seen how he's playing. They've started to adjust to him. They're really starting to hit him hard. And he is hurt. So he's not reacting well to it. And, you know, he's complaining about calls, too, because he's not getting calls. And I don't blame him for that. But he's, he just hasn't looked well. And it's that's the, that's the only thing that bothers me. Because, I, look, I, I don't expect this team to do anything special. But, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, the, the Porzingis thing. Yeah, that's what I... That's what I'm looking at. Let me ask you, if you think the Knicks, you know, uh, we're, we're going to be without Tim Hardaway Jr. for a little bit longer. But if you think mm-hmm. the Knicks can just hang around, if they can stay at 500, maybe a little bit above, maybe even a little bit below 500, do you think when Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back, do you think that that's a kind of like a victory for the Knicks, that they lost their second leading score, but yet they're still right there? And do you think if they can remain that close, just kind of hang around? When we get Tim Hardaway Jr. back, do you think this team can actually make a run to the playoffs? Yeah, I think they probably can. I mean, they're 18 and 19 and ninth in the East, and he hasn't played in, what, like a month? Yeah. I mean, it's, so, I, I yeah, I think they've pretty much treaded water pretty nicely without him. So, and once they get him back, I mean, he'll be rusty for a little while. But he'll take some pressure off KP, and you know they really need him because they're playing a lot of road games and they're bad on the road. And uh, hopefully he's back soon. And yeah, they're they're going to be better. And look, the East has played better early, but I think eventually the East is going to fall back to earth a little bit. And the Knicks are fighting for that eighth spot with like the Sixers and the Heat. And neither one of those teams is anything special. I think the Heat are better than the I'd worry about the Heat more for the AC than the Sixers. I think the Sixers are going to fall apart. I really don't think they're anything special. I know they just beat the Knicks, so that sounds crazy. But I really don't think they're anything special. I think it could end up being the Knicks and the Heat for the AC at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I, Which would be pretty cool. Which would be pretty cool given their history. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they've had some battles in, in the playoffs yeah. and... and- um, you know, all, all the Nick fans know about the great Heat and Nick rivalry, and um, that will be fun to see those teams if that's the way it is, if they can remain in the race. And I hear what you're saying about Philadelphia, even because look, Philadelphia is heading in the right direction, but I think so far we're still seeing okay, they're, they're still young. You can still see they're young. Yeah, they have like yeah. JJ, and, and you know, Embiid is hurt all the time. It's going to be tough for them. Mm-hmm. They can still get in. I'm not saying I'm not counting out the 76ers. They'll certainly be in the race for it. Um, Here's my take on it. Am I worried that we're going to see the same thing again? Chip, I agree with you 100% that it is a different team. We don't have the same distractions as we had the last few years. One of the biggest distractions we had was Carmelo Anthony, and not all of that was his fault. He wasn't the only one that caused distractions. Some of it was obviously Phil Jackson. He's gone as well. So it, it's it's different, but I also understand that the Knicks are really not 
that strong of a team. They're, they're not. And, and I think these these next few weeks when we have more road games, that's when we'll truly find out what the Knicks are. The next few weeks. I, I honestly believe by the end of this month, we will find out if the Knicks are a playoff team or not. Now, I could be wrong on that. They can stay kind of you know, hot and cold a little bit, stay around 500, and, and keep themselves in position to compete all the way to the end, especially when we get um, Tim Hardaway Jr. back. But I, I feel like we'll get a better sense because this is, January is a time that you start to see a lot of these teams turn it on. You know, look, like even a team like the Cavaliers, they're, they're getting uh, Isaiah Thomas back, you know, and we've seen them cold to start, hot, and then kind of been a little uh, lukewarm as of late. But we're going to find out how really good those kind of teams are around this time. January is a very important month for in any any basketball, even college basketball. You know, you look at some of the, those teams there. January is the time that you want to see your guys start to turn it on. You know, November, October, you're just starting the season. November, you're still young in the season. December, Christmas time. New Year's is right around that time where you, you want to see what your team has got. And this, is, I think, is an outstanding test for the Knicks with all these road games. We, we know what they are at home. They're tough to beat at home. They play very hard at home. Um, I, I think there's only two games all year that I can say that watching their energy level at home was a little off. Sometimes that just happens, um, and I can't remember the opponent off the top of my head, but I do re- recall a game earlier this season when the Knicks looked flat at home. Um, last night was an example of just how flat they looked at home. They really looked like crap for three quarters, and you can't look like crap when you're playing the Spurs. Um, so they're fine at home. They struggle on the road. We have a lot of road games coming up. We'll find out a lot about this team. Is this team actually – going to be able to compete I, I think if they can just survive for right now to Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back I agree with you Chip I think we'll actually have a serious shot on making the playoffs so I, I I can even go back and say really until we get Tim Hardaway Jr. it's kind of a breaking point if the Knicks continue the slide that we're on and, and we fall five six games under 500 Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back I don't know if that's going to be enough to get us over 500 at that point. I think we got to remain close as possible, hopefully stay around 500 for that to be a, a possibility. So would you agree, Chip, that you know this, this next few weeks, we have a lot of road games. Would you, would you agree that January especially is an important time of the year to see where your team stacks up? And, and also with the Knicks struggling on the road, would you agree with the fact that We'll learn a lot about this team in this month. Oh, yeah. I I was just going through the schedule while you were talking about it. I want to read. The Knicks play seven huge road games in January, including the one going on right now against the Wizards. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they got the Wizards tonight. And then on January 5th, they have the Heat. On January 12th, they have the T-Wolves. January 19th, they have the Jazz. January 23rd, they have the Warriors. January 25th, they have the Nuggets. And January 31st, they have the Celtics. Okay. yeah, that's... And then on February 2nd, they have the Bucks. So, I mean, look, they got a pretty brutal road schedule coming up. And like you said, 
that's that all those teams could end up being in the playoffs. Maybe not the Jazz, but you know, on the road in Utah, that's like the toughest home court advantage in the league, mm-hmm. other than Golden State. You know, no one wants to play that. So those are all gonna be really tough games and by the time they're done with that stretch, the season, you know, it could be like five games under five hundred. Who knows? It really could be. Yeah. This is a, a crucial, crucial point. The Knicks got to find a way to win these games because you know, the teams that you just said, those are mostly playoff teams. If you can't beat them, you don't you don't belong in the postseason. You just don't. Mm-hmm. If you can't consistently beat some teams, even if you're somehow lucky enough just to have other teams suck along with you and get the eighth seed, what what are you celebrating? A, a, a sweep in the first round? If you can't beat those teams, you don't you don't belong. It's that simple. You know, early on we had some big wins. But that's early on. That's when teams are all starting are, are trying to figure it out, try to get into the rhythm. Now is the time that teams start to get into the rhythm. So you you have to win. You have to win. These are big, important games. Um, as you just shared that schedule, those are tough road games. Those tough games, even if they're at home. But the point is, you beat those teams – you're putting yourself in a good position to make the playoffs. Um, as you mentioned, the, the Washington Wizards are playing right now, the Heat, um, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, the Celtics. Those, those are the teams that you got to be able to beat, especially teams like the Wizards, the Heat, because that, that's the where you're going to be bunched up in the playoff standings. If you can take care of business against those teams, then, then you're in good shape. You really are. So this next few weeks for the Knicks, I, I, I you know, seen some discussion about it. Fans getting a little worried about their recent slide, and it's still at a time right now where we're going to find out what this team's truly made of. I'm telling you, people, if by the end of this month we'll know where the Knicks stand. Um, and and I, I, again, I feel like if they can just stay around 500. They'll have a chance. If they drop five, six, seven games out of 500, I just don't think we'll have enough to make the playoffs. If we stay close, we'll get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. Um, As you mentioned, Chip, Przingis is struggling right now. He had such a hot start to the season. And we talked about this. He was doing everything at the beginning of the season. It's hard to maintain that for six months out of of a calendar year in the NBA season. It just doesn't happen. So we knew that he was going to have a drop-off. And this drop-off can continue if he doesn't start getting help, consistent help. So that's where a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. comes in, takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. Przingis is crucial. If he's, as you mentioned, that game against the Celtics when he's 0 for 11, we won that game. But if Przingis goes 0 for 11, we may win – that one game, it, you, you know what I mean? Like, you might win. It's more comfortable. More yeah, comfortable. Exactly. But if you shoot, if Persinga shoots 0 for 11, we're not going to win a lot of ball games. is the point that I'm making. We were able to win one by somehow against the Boston Celtics. How that happened to this day, I still don't know. I guess Michael Beasley, you know, his his heroics helped us. But typically, if you have Persinga struggling that from the field, we don't have a shot. He struggled from the field last night against the Spurs. We didn't have a shot. It's just that simple. So that's all the time we have for this segment. When we come back, it will share our player of the month for the month of December. Um, you know, there, there was a few guys that we talked about, and, and we'll reveal who our man was, share the stats with you, and break it down in a little bit um, of why we chose a certain player to be our next State of Mind player of the month. So we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> 
Hi everybody, this is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. We're going to spend the next few minutes wrapping up the show with our Knicks State of Mind Nick Player of the Month award. Uh, We started this segment last month, and the first winner for it was uh, Enos Cantor in the big month of November that he had. And this month, our winner is Michael Beasley. I don't think this is really a shock here. Um, We talked about Courtney Lee as well. Courtney Lee had a – his numbers dropped from the month of November into December shooting percentage-wise, but he was still very good, averaged 14 points a game in 32 minutes but the reason why we went with Michael Beasley is in 15 games he started four of them in December he averaged 15 points a game five rebounds all in 21 minutes played was very efficient from the field 47 percent from downtown 51 percent from the field in general so it was an efficient month for Michael Beasley gave us a spark off the bench Um, we just mentioned the 0 for 11 shooting game by Przingis and uh, if we didn't have that 30 point performance from Beasley there's just no way we win that game and he's been a crucial part of some of the games that we have won and even if we've lost he's helped us stay in some games Uh, so Michael Beasley is your player of the month for December and Chip you're going to break it down a little bit more on what we saw from Michael Beasley um, this past month and why he, he's our winner. Yes, yeah, something I was most impressed by, he's taken on such a tremendous load in Tim Hardaway's absence. Like we were talking about, we were looking at his December splits and uh, his usage percentage in December is 32.8%. Wow. His usage in, uh, his usage in October was 223 In November, it was 26.7 so it shot up almost a full six percentage points i mean so he really went up in terms of how much he had to take on and he i'm sure he knew he would have to i mean he played uh, 156 minutes in november 60 minutes in october and 324 minutes in december so he really took a lot on and like you mentioned, he started four games. Uh, he was tremendous in those starts, too, and efficient, too, which has always been a knock on him that he takes bad shots and he's inefficient. Um, I mean, you know, when he started, he did make some dumb plays. You know, he started four games. He had 16 turnovers. He averaged four, tw- four turnovers a game, which is bad. But, you know, you take the good and bad with Michael Beasley. He started, he played 28 minutes, averaged 22 points. Uh, on 17 shots, shot 54% from the field. I mean, that's a really, really efficient game. Um, and like you said, we, we needed it without Tim Hardaway. We really needed it. And without him, we never would have beat the Celtics, which so far is our best win of the season. And yeah, um, he, I think it's a no-brainer pick. We looked at everything else. Every other player, Courtney Lee, Courtney Lee's numbers went down from November, so we really wouldn't have made sense giving it to him. 
Uh, he was he just played out of his mind in November. He'll probably never have another month that good for the rest of his career. But uh, yeah, he was a victim of his own success, Courtney Lee. Um, but yeah, Beasley deserves to be rewarded for how important he was to the team in December. And, and you know, we we see it with the second unit, especially Michael Beasley is the offense. That's the guy the Knicks go to. Um, he, he's the offense runs through him. In the you know the backup unit, he's even gotten in there in some crunch time opportunities and played down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And you know, Chip, we we talked about it at the beginning of this year, uh, really when Michael Beasley was signed, why we liked it. And at the beginning of this year, it looked like, oh gosh, we were wrong. He's not a nice addition. He really hasn't done anything. He's in and out of games with his focus. But lately, we're seeing a guy that. Is is playing at the level that we thought. So um, you know, it, it's it's nice to see that Michael Beasley is contributing the way he is because he's important, and and it would only make things better for the Knicks again when we get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. And if Beasley can continue to play at this efficient level, coming off the bench, uh, we we have we'll have tons of offense. We'll have tons of offense. Offense is really never the issue, um, but it, it would help Przingis, I think. I think it would make Przingis more efficient in the long run. The question is, you know, always defensively with this team. But, um, yeah, like you said, I, I think it's a no-brainer that Michael Beasley is the uh, player of the month. Hopefully he continues his hot play. He's still, you know, in the early going of January. We've only played one game so far, which is yesterday. Um, you know, had a – okay game um and uh hopefully we don't see a drop off from him because that, that's the Knicks can't have that right now I think we both talked about he's very important why Tim Hardaway Jr. is out he's the guy that needs to fill that void and, and lately he has been able to but again when Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back if Beasley continues to play like this well then we got something with that being said that's going to all the time we have for today's episode. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast.